foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. Now, I, I, I simply put this down, not soon angry. One of the points of, of good character is being able to control your emotion, especially when you get angry. Now, by the way, anger is one of these things that all of us have. And it's one of these things that we have to learn to control. It's one of the things as parents that you spend time teaching your children and dealing with your children. Uh, they, they get angry quickly and uh, when they don't get their way. Things don't go to suit them and, and they get angry. And I, I deal with people all the time say, oh, preacher, I can't help you. I just, I just get angry. Well, that's not really true. Uh, and, and you notice that uh, he says here in the, in the first of this uh, verse, the first part of verse 17, he that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. In other words, just because that uh, uh, I can't say, well, it's in my nature. Of course it's in my nature. It's called a sin nature. It's in your nature as well. Uh, you, we're born sinners. We have this in our nature. But I have to recognize that if I am soon angry, and I revel in that, and I live in that, that it is a horrible character trait. Now then, put something here, and we're going to get a couple of other verses of Scripture tonight, and we're going to look at something. I want you to go to James chapter 1 with me, please. James chapter 1. And in James chapter 1, we're going to look at a couple of verses, verses 19 and 20. James uh, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Uh, and, and we're going to see something about anger, and you're going to see something about uh, really how to begin to uh, uh, control the anger. In James chapter 1, verse number 19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And in verse number 19, he, he, James is dealing with, uh, with, with our character. He's dealing with our actions and our attitudes. And, and he says, now you need to be swift to hear. In other words, you need to be able to listen to, uh, to what others are saying and what's going on around about you. You need to be quick at that, swift to hear it. But then he says, slow speak. In other words... Uh, don't be thinking while somebody's talking what you're going to say. Listen to it and then think about it. And then he says, slow to wrath. And then in verse number 20, he gives you something that really that you and I as, as believers ought to uh, memorize this passage of Scripture and at least have it in my heart and my mind that whenever that my, uh, my flesh gets angry, and this is a passage that I always quote to myself. Is verse number 20 says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. There's great truth in that verse. He says, Now the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And one of the things that God helped me to do years ago was to come to this point in this passage and recognize a great truth. When I get angry and I act out of my fleshly anger, uh, it is always, always something where I'm following the devil. Now, we don't like to admit that, 
we, we sort of like to act like that somehow or another that our anger is a godly anger. And we're righteously angry. And uh, we'll say that. Uh, we, we'll make the statement, well, I've got a righteous anger. I have a right to be angry. I've got a cause to be angry. And sometimes we'll even try to attach some sort of uh, spiritual connotation to it. Well, the truth of the matter is, uh, when, when I get angry and I let my flesh control me, uh, I can try however I want to uh, justify that and say whatever I want to say in trying to justify it. But the truth of the matter is, it's still my flesh. And I'm still acting out of my flesh. Now, there, there may be times I have to do something that I, and I need to, to, to deal with things according to Scripture, but I don't need to deal with it according to my flesh. And, and so the wrath of man working on the righteousness of God, and I, I quote that to myself on, on a pretty, uh, pretty often, uh, just trying to help myself to uh, uh, be able to calm down and not let my anger control what's happening in my life. And uh, you're, you're going to have things, that, and whenever Satan finds something that he can get you to get quickly capture anger, quickly get ang mad. I, I remember uh, Brother Lou Smith one time, somebody got angry, and somebody said, oh, he found his temper, and Brother Lou said, no, he didn't find it, he lost it. And I thought, that's a great truth. He, he said, if he had found it, he'd controlled it. He didn't find it, he's lost it. He said things, did things he ought not to have done. Thought, that's a great truth. And so one of the things that helps me not to be soon angry is to recognize the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And so every time that I find myself getting angry, I quote that to myself and say, now listen, no matter how self-righteous you think you are, you're not the exception to that verse of Scripture. I'm not. By the way, neither are you. And it helps me to... Calm down, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Now, once you want to go to another New Testament passage, once you go to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to start reading in verse 22, and we're going to deal with this thing of anger and wrath. And you're going to see something else that is said here by uh, by, by the Apostle Paul dealing with this subject of how is it that I can control my anger and be slow to anger then I don't let it control me and I don't let it cause me to do and say things that later on I'll regret or things sometimes I can't really undo. How do I do that? When Ephesians 4 began reading in verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now, I have to recognize that my flesh uh, is, uh, I have a sin nature. And, and the lust of my flesh is deceitful. By the way, so is yours. And I have to recognize that. And I have to, I have to look, look and say, now that's my, my flesh and the lust, the desires uh, my flesh are, are deceitful and, and they're wrong. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, uh, I have to recognize they're wrong and then I have to be renewed in my mind. In other words, I have to change my mind. I have to let God teach me and direct me. That's what Romans 
12, 1 and 2 is, is all about. When I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, uh, that you uh, yield your, 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 your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptance to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and, and so I've got to be transformed in my mind. I've, I've got to recognize that just because that my flesh desires something and just because I get angry doesn't mean it's right. Even if the wrong that has been done or whatever is created, uh, my anger is something I say, well, now I, that, that's not right. It may be. But I have to renew my mind and I have to let God help me. And so this is, Paul deals that verse 22 and verse 23, verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He says, now you have to make an effort at this. You, you, you have to get, get rid of the old flesh. You have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then you, you put on something. You, you honestly uh, make an effort at it. And, and you, you make a, a, a goal that I'm, I'm not going to act that way. That was wrong. It was unscriptural. And I'm going to, this is what I'm going to put on. This is going to be my actions. And by the way, we have to do that everything in life. And he's specifically talking about just all actions here. But if for this particular point, talking about anger, I have to recognize that I've got to change the way I react, that I can't just let my temper go. I've got to find something and react correctly. Next verse, verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. He says, now listen, you've got to be honest about this thing. Uh, you, you've got to be honest in your own heart, and you've got to be honest to others, and obviously honest to the sight of God. Now, I said we're talking about anger. Verse 26 immediately jumps into it. And in verse number 26, he says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, there's great truth in that verse. And there's two things that he says about my anger. And there's two things that he says in this verse about anger. And he says, be angry and sin not. Now, by the way, you can get angry. Anybody that says they never get angry has just committed another sin. It's called lying. And there's great truth in that. And we're going to find that there are things in, in life that happen. Uh, you, you're going to find in, in husbands and wives, at times they're going to get angry at one another. And you're going to find with families, at times they're going to be angry. You're going to find you're going to get angry at friends. You're going to get angry at work. You're going to, there, there's things that's going to aggravate you. And you're going to have anger, wrath. Uh, you're going to have that as you're driving down the road. People are going to make you mad and have what they've termed as road rage. You're going to have that. All right, but now he says, be angry and sin not. So in other words, I have to renew my mind, and just because I get angry, which is a human nature, does not mean I am to give in to it. And so in our text, in, in Proverbs 14, uh, we and hold here because I'm coming back here in just a minute. And, and I want you to notice that it, he says in verse 17 there, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. So whenever Paul says, be angry and sin not, what does he say? And he says, listen, you need to control it. Whenever that James is, is saying there, the anger man worketh not the righteousness of God, then, then I need to realize 
yes, there's things that's going to make me mad. There are things that's going to get under my skin. There's things that's going to aggravate me. And by the way, when Satan finds something that aggravates you, aggravates me, I guarantee you he's going to keep needling it. And I guarantee you he's going to keep causing it to come back up. And, and, and so what I have to do with my anger is I have to realize now God, God wants me to slow down with this thing. God wants me to recognize that my anger does not work His righteousness. And God says, now be angry, but don't you let it cause you to sin. Don't you let it cause you to say something you shouldn't say. Don't you let it cause you to do something you shouldn't do. And then, notice the next thing, in, back in Ephesians 4.26, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, here's great truth. No matter what's been done to me, I do not have the God-given right to stay angry. It's great truth, man. And I've lived long enough that I've had some things done that um, if I allowed it to and if I didn't let God help me with it, I'd still be angry about it to this day. The truth of the matter is, God says, Mike, you don't have a reason to do that. And uh, you can plug in whatever thing that, that you might be angry because the bit anger then will turn to bitterness and, and it will destroy you in more ways than one. And so he says, now you be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down to your wrath. He says, now listen, before you pillow your head at night, you get rid of that. Before you pillow your head, you forgive it. Before you pillow your head, you let God hand, take it away from you. Before you... Go to sleep. You, you give that to God. Whatever the situation was, whatever occurred that caused the anger, you give that to God and you let God handle it. There's a great truth in that. Uh, it, doing what I do and trying to help people, I tell people all the time that they have been angry about things sometimes for years. Years. And it, it, it causes them to not have the peace of God. It causes them not to uh, let God work in their lives. Hey, listen, I deal with lost people sometimes that they're angry about something and they will not get saved because they're angry about something that happened years ago. I tried to lead a lady to the Lord this week and dealing with her and, and couldn't, just praying there. She knows she needs to be saved. She doesn't want to die and go to hell. In a little while in the conversation, dealing with her and her husband, she mentioned something. Bam, called somebody's name and said something. And I could see the bitterness in her mouth and her voice. I could hear it. You know what her problem is? She's still angry about something that happened a long time ago. A long time ago. Was what happened wrong? Wrong in every sense of the word. There's no, 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 uh, no reason for it. But you know what she's doing? She's holding on to that anger. You know what she's doing? She's letting that come between her and God. Great truth. I deal with Christians the same way. They're holding on to something, made them angry. And God says, through the Apostle Paul here, the church at Ephesus, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I keep reading. He's going to give something else here about being angry and sinning not. Verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Now, well, that's akin to what we've seen in James uh, chapter 1 there, that the anger of man works not the righteousness of God. 
Neither give place to the devil. Don't, don't argue with yourself that you have a reason to stay angry and you have a biblical reason to stay angry. I have people give me that every once in a while. And it's like, no, no, it doesn't give anybody the exception. It don't have my name at the end of that as an exception. It doesn't have something else as the exception at the end of that. And neither give place to the devil. I, I'm giving place to the devil in my heart and in my life when I allow myself to be angry and stay angry and be mad and be bitter. I'm giving something to the devil there. Next verse. Look at verse 28. And let him that steals, uh, stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, work with his hands, a thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use to the edifying that may minister grace unto the years. Now stop just a minute. I realize verse 28, is, we, we, we've left, come back to another subject. Now verse 29, he says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Part of dealing with my anger is controlling what I say when I am angry. Be angry and sin not. Part of controlling it is making sure that I don't say something that I shouldn't say just because I'm angry. And I shouldn't let it proceed out of my mouth. And by the way, we get angry. Say things. I mean, we get angry and say things. Uh, husbands and wives get angry and say things to one another that they should not say. And you might ask forgiveness of it and do that. But you know what? You, you've done something. And parents and children do the same thing. And siblings and you, you say things. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And by the end, there it goes back to what James said. Be uh, swift to hear and slow to speak. Same principle. How do I control my anger? Well, one of the things is I'm going to measure what I'm saying and let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth. I keep reading. Next verse, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed into the day of redemption. Now, if we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit. He sealed us. You can't lose your salvation. But we can grieve the Holy Spirit to where the Holy Spirit is grieved at my life and my actions and my attitude and, and how that I'm living my Christian life. And, and you can grieve the Holy Spirit. It's a horrible thing, by the way. Now, how do we do that? Next verse, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Every one of those things in verse 31 deals with whenever that you let you do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. Every one of those things deals with what happens whenever someone continues to be angry and continues to allow anger and wrath to control my life. And notice what it does. Let all bitterness and anger, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking. you got to let all of that be put away. Now, that's, that's how I put on Christ. That's how you put on Christ. Now, how do I do that? Look in verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. One of the hardest things that you and I do is when we've been wronged, and sometimes terribly wronged, is to forgive that person and let it go. But I have to recognize that I need to forgive them like God's forgiven me. Because the Lord has forgiven me. The Lord continues to forgive me. Continues to forgive me. I continue every day to understand Romans chapter 7 
the last part of it better than ever where that Paul says the things I hate, that's what I do, and what I don't want to do is what I do, and what I want to do I don't. I understand that better the older I get. And yet God forgives me every day. Isn't that a wonderful truth? And he doesn't keep throwing it back up in my face. And he don't keep bringing it back up. He forgives me. Well, what a great God. But then God says, Mike, you know how you deal with your anger? You let it go just like I let it go. Now, if I'm not going to be soon angry, I've got to learn to be Christ-like. I'm going to be angry, but I don't need to sin in it. I can't let the sun go down upon my wrath. I've got to learn to let it go. Now, let's get one other passage before we move back to Proverbs. Once you go to Romans, book of Romans, and go to Romans chapter 12, I want to see something. Paul here again is dealing with the church at Rome. We're going to start reading in verse 17. Now, I've tried to tie a couple of things together here, actually some verses. And you find where that not soon angry, he that is... Uh, dealeth with his anger, dealeth foolishly. That's soon angry, dealeth foolishly. Well, how do I do that? Well, number one, I've got to realize my anger does not come from God, James 1.20. How do I do that? I've got to renew my the spirit of my mind, and I've got to be Christ-like, and I've, I've got to uh, got, got to put, put it away. And don't, don't hold it. Let it go down before the sun goes down. Well, then Romans chapter, seven, or chapter 12, verse 17, Paul begins to deal with this again. And he deals with it in a little different way. And I want you to notice something, starting in verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things uh, honest inside of all men. He says, now listen, don't sit around and plan how you're going to get even. Don't sit around and plan how you're going to show them how wrong they were. It's not what it says. And he says, now listen, he says, I want you to recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And what, what does that mean? Well, keep reading. Verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. By the way, that verse is not a way out. Well, it's not possible. I'm just going to live how I want. Because what lies in you and I is the Holy Spirit of God that we're not supposed to grieve. Well, there's something that lies in you and I that makes it possible to do a well above what our flesh could do. And if it's possible, if it lies in you, well, what lies in me is boy, something that's more powerful than I am. What lies in you is something more powerful than you are. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. And it'll, it'll help you to live peaceably with people that are unpeaceable. And there's a great truth with that. I keep reading. Next verse. Verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, one of the things I have to learn to do is just let God have it. When somebody does something that makes me angry and somebody does something that wrongs me, one of the, the, the quicker that I just put that on the altar and say, Lord, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm a sinner. I don't know everything. And I'm just going to let you handle that. And I'm just going to let it go. And I'm going to let you deal with it. Because you are a just God. And you know, I may have triggered some of that myself. as my self-righteousness. I may be part of the problem. So I'm just going to forgive them, and I'm going to let you 
deal with it. Now the next verse. That's not all he wants me to do. Verse 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. He said, now by the way, I don't want you just to forgive it. I want you to help him when he has need. I want you to do something good for him. Well, there's a truth in that. You see, we, we don't like that. And, and, and by the way, I, I, it's interesting to me, when trying to control my anger and looking at these passages and trying to put them together and not being soon angry. He says, therefore, if thine enemy, let alone your spouse or your children or your friend or your neighbor, I mean, my goodness, if, if he expects me to do it with my enemy, what do you think he expects me to do with Elizabeth? What do you think he expects me to do with my children? What do you think he expects me to do with... Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I mean, if this is what he expects out of my enemy... Boy, he'd expect a lot more than that out of ones that I love and love me. And so if my enemy he hungers and is thirsty, he expects me to do good to him and help him. Now there's a reason, he says, in so doing, uh, you, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Now, that's not the reason to do it, but that will happen. Your heart's probably not right if you're doing it for the reason to make him feel bad. You probably haven't forgiven him, and you've probably still got bitterness and anger and wrath. And He's just saying, if you'll let me handle it, and you'll do what I tell you to do, then this is what will happen. Why? Verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I'm trying to get some New Testament passages to go back to Proverbs 14. Why don't you turn back there? And in and, and that, the 21st characteristic is not soon angry. How do I handle that? Well, God's given me some pretty good instruction on that in the New Testament. Not soon angry. One of the things of good character is not getting soon angry. Recognizing that my anger, James 1.20, is not from God. Recognizing that I don't need to grieve the Holy Spirit and change my mindset, Ephesians 4. And then recognizing that what God wants me to do is put all that away and He wants me to let Him take care of any judgment that might need to be dispensed. And let God do the vengeance and let God take care of it. And just don't be overcome with evil where I'm sitting around thinking about how mad I am I've been wronged, poor me, bitterness and the anger, but I overcome that evil with good by just loving people and letting God deal with it. And so this 21st characteristic of not soon angry is one of these things that's important that you and I work at. We'd have less contention in our homes if we would decide we was less angry. We'd have less contention in, at work if I'd, decide, if I'd make up my mind I'm not going to be soon angry. We'd have less contention, by the way, even in our churches if we just make up our mind I'm not going to be soon angry. There's no doubt about it. 
And it's a good characteristic. It is a bad characteristic to be able to find your temper pretty quickly. That's not a good thing. And so you find here that, number 21, in my opinion, a good characteristic, something that at 40 points, a good character is not soon angry. Number 22 is akin to it, and uh, it's going to work together with it. And It's the 15th proverb in the first verse. And this is going to deal with something a little different, but it's, it's along the same way, and it's, it's going to be akin to this. And if I can learn to not be soon angry, it will help me to accomplish the next characteristic, which is verse 1, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Now this is akin to not soon angry. It says has a soft answer. Now, now here's the great truth. There, there's going to be at times that we're at odds one with another. And someone is going to say something to you that sets you off. And you know the best thing to do? A soft answer. Well, we're not, that, that's just not in our nature. It's not in our nature. It's in our nature to retaliate. It's in our nature to come back. It's in our nature to have their speaking to me. That's how I'm going to speak to them. How they treat me, that's what I'm going to do to them. And you know, a good characteristic and a good character trait is when someone gets angry and says something to you that's grievous, and instead of giving kind for kind, to give them a soft answer. My way, each situation is going to be different. But I'll guarantee you that most of the time, the soft answer that I need to say is, when I've made somebody mad, look at I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? What can I do to make it right? That's a soft answer. Hard to say, especially if you think you wasn't wrong to start with. And, and that happens. God taught me that whenever I was a young preacher and wasn't a pastor. I was a young preacher and I had to deal with some situations where that I knew that biblically I was right. As being attacked somebody's mad and angry and it was really easy would have been easy it was easy at first to not give a soft answer and as God dealt my heart the situation over a period of time I had to learn to say you're right I, I'm, I'm not very smart and I've, I'm wrong I'm sorry will you please forgive me even though biblically I was right in my position there's truth in that it did turn away wrath. It did work better. And one of the points of good character is to learn not only to have slow, to be slow to anger, but to have a soft answer when others are angry. It'll de-escalate it. it, it it'll, it'll help pull it down whenever you look at someone. I, I heard Jack Hiles one time give an illustration that uh, stuck with me. And he had a man in his church that was dying of cancer. And the guy died. And he, on his deathbed, he, uh, Dr. Hiles, he said, I want you to do something for me. And he said, yes, sir, what's that? He said, my mother hates you. 
And he said, uh, well, I didn't know that. And he said, she hates you. He said, I don't think I've ever met your mother. And he said, my mother doesn't like you because of your preaching. She hates you. And he said, you're going to preach my funeral, and she'll be cordial there. But he said, after the funeral, I'd like for you to go make peace with my mother. Now, I want you to think about the situation. He's never met her. He's never done anything to her. It's personally. And he said, she hates you. And he said, I want you to promise me that you'll try to do it, make it, make peace with her. And Dr. Howells did. The guy died. He preached his funeral. She didn't live in their city. She lived away from there. And he said a couple months later, he was making a visit in that city, and the Holy Spirit reminded him of his promise. And he found her address. And he went to her house, and he knocked on the door. <laughs> he is not who she wanted to see when she came to her door. And she opened the door, and he's there. And he said, immediately she started on me. And he said, all I could do was to keep my spirit down, just drop my head and say, yes, ma'am, I am a wicked sinner. Will you please pray for me? And he said, I just kept repeating that. And said, finally, she started crying. And by the way, there's a great truth that helped me. Because that would not be my reaction. My reaction in my flesh would be to tell her why I'm right and she's wrong. Y'all are not more spiritual than that, but that's my reaction. And the truth of the matter is, a soft answer turneth away wrath. It goes hand in hand with being slow to wrath. And boy, if I can let God help me to do those two things, if I can have that kind of character in my heart, be slow to wrath, let God help me to control my anger when I get angry, not say things I shouldn't say. Not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let God be the one that has vengeance. And just learn to have a soft answer and ask God for wisdom. By the way, James chapter 1, verse 5 still says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and shall be given him. God will still give me the answer if I'll ask for it. Great truth in that. He'll give you the answer if you'll ask for it. And so I find two characteristics tonight. I find two characteristics that sort of go hand in hand. And we see them here. We find that not soon angry and a soft answer. We'll get at least one more tonight. And I'll find it down in verse 4 of the 15th chapter. And uh, it sort of follows suit a little bit. Notice what it says. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the Spirit. I entitled this one just a wholesome tongue. Well, that's one of the things. we, You know, James says something about my tongue. He says, the tongue's an unruly evil that no man can tame. Well, there's a truth in that. I, I, I'm not the exception to that. And by the way, neither are you. And oftentimes we say things that's not wholesome. And one of the point of a good character is to have a wholesome tongue and, and, and to be able to ask God to help me to think about what I'm saying and how it sounds and how it's going to affect people. People I love, people I know, they're 
acquaintances, people I don't know. How's it going to affect? Well, I was thinking about that today, thinking about this message and working on it. I was thinking about something I'm going to do uh, here I'd like to do. And uh, one of the things that struck me is I, I, I begin to think, everything we're saying now behind this pulpit goes out all over the world. And it'd have a wholesome tongue. And I'm not afraid to preach and teach the truth, but listen here, you need to be able to have a wholesome tongue when you do it. Speaking the truth in love. Man, that's what God says for us to do. So how do I do that? And what, what, it, what does it mean whenever that He says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the Spirit? What's the difference between the wholesomeness and the perverseness? What is the difference? What is it that I need to pay attention to in my character? And there's something I'm going to do here. Was, all this got to work in my mind. I thought, I'm going to do something, but I've got to, to, got to be careful how it's done because I want it to be wholesome. I don't want it to be perverse. We can make excuses for that about being right, and, but I can still say things in the right manner. And there's truth in that. So there's three things to jot it down. Number one, the words we use. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, I can choose my words. And I can choose the kind of words that I use. And there are things I don't have to say. There are ways to say things that I don't have to use certain words. There's a truth in that. If I know that something's going to offend somebody, there's a whole, there's thousands of words in the English language. I can, I can avoid saying certain things. And there's truth in that. It doesn't make me look smarter, nor does it make me look braver to say something that I know is going to set somebody off. It doesn't help. It, surely, it certainly doesn't make them listen to the gospel of the Christ, to the things of Christ more for me to do that. So I need to choose my words. There's a lot of words that God has dealt with my heart about as I've grown older that it's like you really don't need to say that. It's not necessarily wrong. You wouldn't say that it's cussing. You wouldn't say that it's filthy, but it's not wholesome. Y'all are adults. Y'all understand the difference in that. And I need to pay attention to what I'm saying. And not only my words, my language. You say, isn't that the same? No, no. My, the, the, the words make up the language. I mean, when my, my tongue is something that's wholesome, my language ought to be something that whenever that people are hearing you speak and hearing me speak, that the manner of our language is wholesome. It's not, it's not bitter. It's not cutting. It, it's, it's not angry. It's wholesome. You, you understand what I'm saying about language? It's one of the things that, that when I'm, I'm speaking to people that it ought not to be something that's, that's a continually cutting somebody down or, or, or cutting somebody off. It ought to be something that is trying to lift up. Now, by the way, all of us get in trouble with that. And, and, and sometimes we're busy and we say things quickly that we shouldn't have said. And our language is wrong. And our attitude is wrong with it. But God wants me to have a wholesome, a wholesome tongue. I've got to watch my words. I've got to watch the language. And the third thing I jotted down, the topics. Hey, there are some things that just don't need to be talked about. There's great truth in that. 
There are some things that are private. There are some things that Elizabeth and I are going to talk about that I will not talk about to anybody else. Topics. They're just private. There are topics that you and I, it's just not wholesome. And there's a truth in that. And it's a point of character to watch my tongue just to be wholesome. Watch my words, watch my language, and watch my topics. By the way, that's a point of character. I can make all kinds of excuses for it. I can make all kinds of excuses where I act like that. Yeah, this is the way I was raised. Well, that's not a good excuse. I've got to put on Christ. It's the way I am. That's not a good excuse either. Well, everybody else is doing it. That's a horrible excuse as well. I'm trying, and you should be trying, to put on Christ. So there's three things tonight. I didn't think I'd get any further than that because I liked all three of them. Because God deals my heart about all three of them. Not soon angry. I need to learn to control my anger. Soft answer in the face of anger of others. And a wholesome tongue. There's some characteristics that I need to work on. There's some characteristics that we need to work on as believers. You know, those three things, if we worked on those, let God help them with us, we'd have a whole lot more power in our testimonies when we witness. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It would make a difference. And the men, women, boys, and girls were trying to win to Christ. The backsliders were trying to get right with God. If I worked on my anger, my soft answer, and my tongue. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I appreciate you being here tonight.